Since 1967, Toothacre's Pet Care Center provided the finest indoor-outdoor boarding environment for your pet. We accept all breeds of dogs, and our newly remodeled cattery features spacious 9 square feet personal accommodations for your feline friends. For more information on pricing and availability, check us out at our website at www.toothacres.com. and Kenny Matthews start out this week. Our special guest this week is Dr. Elizabeth Eversole. Hello, welcome. Hello, happy to be here. How you doing, Doc? Welcome to Out of Bounds, Doc. Thank you. Thank you, glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you go to school and how did you get into your field? Uh, right, so uh, I went to undergrad at LSU, New Orleans, or LSU Baton Rouge, and then med school, LSU, New Orleans, and then I got to Texas. I came here for uh, my residency training uh, in physical medicine and rehab, which deals a lot of uh, a lot of times with sports medicine, but other injuries like strokes and, and spinal cord and all that as well. Uh, so I went through that at UT Southwestern and in Parkland and, and so forth. I got out, I got hired real early on as a, a pain, uh, an integrative, I'm sorry, an, uh, interventional pain management doctor and uh, really quickly realized that a lot of the people that came into clinic had a lot of chronic, uh, chronic pain, all kinds of metabolic problems, et cetera. And, what we were doing was injecting them with a lot of steroids, giving them pills, you know, the whole thing now with the opioid crisis, right? Um, and so uh, I real quick, really quickly started to look for other ways to help uh, with these with these problems. And that led me into learning different and new techniques, uh, such as prolotherapy, uh, neural prolotherapy, uh, uh, neural, th it's, it's all, it sounds complicated, but it's it's rather simplistic uh, in some ways. Uh, but different techniques to help with um, with their pain, and then also that leads you more and more into understanding the metabolic problems, the hormone problems, nutrition issues, and uh, and also adopting a lot of these um, uh, physical based, physics based treatments, such as uh, the pulsed electromagnetic field mat or PEMF mat that we use and some other uh, equipment that helps with inflammation and so forth, so. That's awesome. We're, we were all really excited to have you on tonight and what you're telling us before the show starts about your couple of cool devices that help oxidative stress and recovery and pain of all, you know, most importantly, just ridding that pain. So talk to us a little bit about those devices. Uh, okay, the, the first one is called a, a Beamer mat, B-E-M-E-R. Uh, this mat is the is the postal electromagnetic field mat. Um, and uh, what it does in short is, is very simple. It's like a kind of like a yoga mat that you can lie down on and it just takes a, a few minutes and you don't you don't feel buzzing or tingling or any of that 
sort of feeling, but you may feel a little bit of warmth in the tissues that are closest to the mat. But what it, what it does is in real time, it opens up the smallest blood vessels that you have, the smallest ones in your body, opens those up really wide and delivers fresh blood to all your tissues. And uh, in doing that, it oxygenates the tissues and it takes all the toxins away uh, very quickly that have, have built up there. And um, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It works very quickly. You can see changes in people's, uh, if, you, if you draw a little bit of blood, a little blood droplet, within about two to three minutes, that blood will look very different uh, than before they got on the mat. It's really neat. That's an awesome technology, Dr. Eversole. Kenny, I know you have some questions. Absolutely. Well, hey, doctor, how are you doing? It's so nice to have you on here on our podcast. Thank I'm you. back this week. Sorry I took off last week. I have to do a little schooling myself. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, let me ask you this a little bit. Is it seem like you're, is it as the, it seems like the injuries have been evolving over the years. It seems like a lot of these injuries are soft tissue injuries now that seems like in our athletes and all. Are you getting more of that? You know, as is, are you starting to see that be, become a bigger factor in your medicine or you know in your in your practice, I should say? Some, um, I would say a lot of a lot of tendonitis, uh, bursitis, that sort of thing, patellar tendonitis, the the shoulder, um, uh, obviously rotator cuff issues, uh, frozen shoulders, that kind of thing. Uh, definitely, still the the arthritis all the time too, and you know. Uh, degeneration of the knee meniscus and and so forth but yeah I would say uh, quite a bit of the soft tissue injury too um, and you know part of the reason that the that the that the white connective tissue is so vulnerable is that it doesn't have a very good blood supply mm -hmm. and it's hard for it to heal and regenerate and so uh, that's why some of this technology is so good it's very difficult to substitute with an injection or a pill or whatever blood flow it's hard. So this is cool. It's really good for that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the tendonitis and the arthritis and all that. I, you know, so many people keep asking me, why is there not a cure for it? You know, why is it like we can do this, we can do this, we can do triple bypass surgery and all that. Why is something that seems simple for the layperson? You know, what is the main reason why that there's probably not a direct cure for it when you're almost just kind of treating the pain to try to get through the day? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, it's not that there's not a cure uh, for, for most things. You just have to kind of figure out and unpeel that particular person's reason for having it, whether it's nutritional, whether it's metabolic, whether it's a, a, a chronic overuse or an imbalance of the muscle, of the muscles that are moving the tissue, stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, that's a great answer. I didn't mean, you know, I, ne I never really tried to look at it, I guess, from the nutritional side of yeah. that you know i you know you see so many athletes say you know i've got this bursitis in my hip and my knee you know and you see them doing the various you know cool t you know the, the the ice you know the ice treatments then the heat treatments and you know your you know your your the um the thermal you know thing right. that they're doing now it's yeah, and it just it's like you know they always keep asking about you know why is there not a definitive cure and i, and I always have thought it was just because everybody's a little different you know, on that. You know. And that's exactly, that's a succinct way to say it, for sure. But uh, you you have to kind of look at the person very globally or very holistically and, 
and so forth, even though I, I don't toss that word around a lot. But, uh, but yeah, you really have to look at that whole person. And sometimes they'll have something going on where uh, they, they've got an imbalance in the arch of their foot, something like that. And as, as active as these guys are, uh, guys and gals, uh, that little thing can make a big, a big difference. Um, little things like that. Well, my last question to beat you is that what what's the biggest change in this pain management since the time you got you know once you do your residency to what it is now? Oh, by far <laughs> is I can tell you that immediately. When I was in residency and uh, in training, they were pushing us to push opioids and and pain medication and stuff. And uh, let me tell you, we had to um, we had to ask about pain at every visit. They considered it the next vital sign. And if you did not treat that pain according to what the patient said, you were under the gun. And so it was really, really opposite day uh, then. And now, of course, everything has changed because there's been so many addictions and, and um, deaths and everything in the opioid crisis. So now it really has shifted to what can we do that's not an opioid? What, you know, what else is there? And so people have really uh, become so much more aware of the danger and the risk of, of that. Uh, and so we're getting a lot more people looking for alternatives and being a little bit more open-minded to some treatments that they may not have heard of already in order to avoid that. Oh, that's interesting. I, I never really would have thought it had been such a 180, you know, for now. It's not that long of a period of time. You know, that's, but yeah, I mean, with the opioid crisis, the way it's going now, I mean, you almost have to find an alternative. Yeah. Yeah, every now and then, you know, somebody will come in with a, you know, a, a, a big ruptured, you know, Achilles or something like that. And, you know, I don't mind giving them a few, a few pills, a few pain pills for that. I mean, it, it, they're the crisis time. But, uh, but past that, we really have um, reduced the opioid, um, even in chronic, chronic people with multiple degenerative issues. Uh, we've reduced it dramatically and some people need you know a little bit and, and they're, they're fine they're stable but uh but i would say a hundred times over answered your question would be that well that's some really good stuff there man that you know it's thought provoking and it's a and also kind of changes my thought process a little bit about you know how to you know to do this and um i appreciate your time here man i really do thank you very much oh you're welcome happy to be here all right, Terrence, your turn. What else do you have, Dr. Everson? Yes, uh, Dr. Everson, uh, Terrence Johnson here, Friday Night Glory. I have a lot of pain in my shoulders and back. I used to use a TENS unit. How well is your product, you know, versus those TENS units? Those kind of old school to have a TENS unit right now. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's not wrong. I mean, it works in a pinch, right? <laughs> uh, this, okay, so, so TENS unit works while you're using it. Okay, so it's using a little bit of a technology where it's it's tricking the pathways into your spinal cord. It's it's tricking that, and your your body can only really receive a certain stimulation at one time. So it, it can focus more on that tingling, right, than your than your residual than your normal pain than the underlying pain. And so it uses that pathway, and it keeps it really busy. So you're your original pain doesn't seem so much. That's kind of the, the theory behind that. And it works while you have it on. I'm sure you have noticed that. When you take it off, not so much. So 
the difference is in, in this therapy that I'm talking about is you're actually changing the physiology more and you're getting more of a detoxification, lymphatic movement, blood flow, and a likelier uh, healing response than you would with just the, the TENS unit it, it itself, for sure. I see, I was an athlete before too, the opiates, I was on them strong. About a couple of years ago, uh, I went to a surgical clinic where I took injections for two months, kind of rid the pain in my lower back. I had an L5 dehydrating disc, and it was kind of pushing that nerve. And it's, it feels like it's coming back. And I know, like you say, they try to wing you off opioids because, you know, uh, doctors don't care. They want the money, but we really want the healing. So with your product, do you think that's something that, like you say, we can get rid of the pain, but it just depends on the person with the pain. How confident are you in those products that, hey, if I, if I get some treatment, I'm going to be like, hey, go to Dr. Dr. Eversol. She rid all my pain. No more doctor visits, no more opiates, no more laying on well, the floor, rolling yeah, on the phone, rolling, you're none exactly of that. Right, because the, the better that you are, the worse business person that you are in some ways, like the Chinese medicine guys, back in the day they would only get paid if you didn't get sick and there you have you know there you have it you got to tell all your friends uh but so this this particular mat uh and i'll talk to you about another product too but this particular mat whenever i recommend it to somebody it, you know it's expensive uh, because some people come to my clinic and they use it. Some people buy them for home. And I say every time, if you want to buy this for your home and you don't like it after about six weeks, I'll buy it back at the, at the wholesale cost, which is still pretty significant. I'll buy it back. That way you've had a rental, you've gotten to try it out and there you go. And I've, I've sold a hundred of these things, maybe more. And I've never, not one time ever had someone sniff at my offer they wow. are gone they, they get them and they're gone they and go. I lot of, yeah i have a lot of people with um very very degenerative spines they've had hip replacements tons of hip injections tendonitis shoulder replacements everything and they all they want to do is play golf that is all they want to do uh and maybe have sex but uh, hey, well, hey, you know it is what it is. Hey, and, hey, we're natural, we're human. Hey, what you do? And uh, so, but but they've got to be able to do either of those without wanting to die. And uh, I've got your wife. Many of my golfers will not. They may go two days without their mat, but if they're going to take a trip that's more than a couple of days, they're bringing the mat with them. They they pack it. They pack it in the suitcase. That's that. And so tells me right there that that's, you know, that's something. Keeper to keeper. Now leave them. Get that mat, fellas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, another, one more thing I would ask you about. Uh, have you ever interacted with a lot of high school players or any coaches in, in the Metroplex or in DFW? Not as really. As um, not yet. I'm, I'm open to doing that. I, I love I love the kids and uh, I respect the heck out of coaches because they're, you know, they're shaping kids and they're they're teaching them a lot of uh, life lessons and the and the team the cohesion and so i'm i'm really interested in doing that i have um i have multiple uh sort of singles like the gymnast and and individual lacrosse players and things like that but i don't have specific teams that that uh, i deal with 
Hopefully, uh, Friday Night Glory can be a stepping stone here for you. We get in contact with UIL. You know, they got to have their hands in it. So, well, we'll see. <laughs> we got to get her down to coaching school. Hey. That's what we need. We need to get you down to coaching school, to school for the booth in the summer. Man. That sounds great. That sounds really great. Um, the right. other thing that these guys would love, just real quick, is uh, it's called a Nano V. Uh, and this thing is, it sort of looks like an oxygen machine and you breathe it, you, you breathe in just like the people uh, at, uh, in the hospital with the oxygen up the nose. Okay. Uh, but you breathe that in and it is magnificent for the oxidative stress of, so when you, when you overtrain, when you've had a, a couple of big games and you know how you feel like, dang, I, I can barely move. I got to get up these stairs. I'm feeling rusty and, uh, and wiped out. This is like an eraser pin for that. It is incredible. Also, if you travel and fly a good bit and you feel just nasty, dehydrated, you know that feeling when you get off a long flight and, and you're so tired and you've been up for 30 hours? You literally can, can inhale this. this uh, it, it's really air, but it's treated in a certain way from this machine. And it feels like you've had a nap and a shower and... You're, you're ready to rock. It is the coolest thing. In fact, I bought I bought this product. I'd, I'd flown to a conference, gotten stuck on the runway, had a horrible day at work, stuck on the runway, long flight, delay, stuck on the runway again at the next you know airport. You got to rent a car, drive an hour and a half, blah blah. So you feel like absolute you know a smashed ant. And uh, so I get there and. Uh, get up, eyes all sticky, just nasty. Uh, and I'm going into the conference and someone's using this machine and they're like, look, oh man, you, you need this more than me. You look terrible. I'm like, be honest. Uh, and uh, so they sit me down on this stupid thing and I start using it within about seven, eight minutes. I, I felt just like I was telling you, like you've had a shower, a nap, a massage and you're good to go. And I was like, I, I'm gonna write a check, and wow. it's thousands and thousands of dollars. But I don't, you know, I'm, I'm don't spend money lightly like that. I'm like, whatever it is, it's going home with me, and I've had it ever since. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, if it can do that for me, what can it do for my people that are really needing it? And right. uh, love it. And it does wow. actually, it does actually help. Uh, I've got some patients that have bought one too, and they use it every day. And they tell me that they're, because I really don't use mine every day. I only use it when I feel like crud. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because it's at the office and whatnot. But uh, they tell me that it really, really helps with their pain as well. So um, what, what, it, what it's doing is it's creating, when you create that oxidative stress, from metabolism, from using oxygen, working out, eating a lot, eating bad food, whatever it is, you create that oxidative stress, you're, it actually helps destroy proteins and it, it uh, injures DNA and the whole thing. When you, when you create the, the free radicals, basically, there's a couple of kinds of them. One is very destructive and the other one is actually a signal to help repair the tissue. And what this machine does is it captures that signal from the repair uh, free radical, and it, it is what you're inhaling. So you're inhaling this frequency of that repair signal. 
And so it does not prevent any free radical issues. It doesn't prevent the oxidative stress and the damage from that. It unwinds it and repairs it. So it's, it's pretty interesting. So you can do treatments like take antioxidants and so forth, but the antioxidants are going to help to partly shut down the good free radical pathway too. So uh, with this, you kind of get your cake and eat it too, if that makes some sense. Isn't that, I'm throwing my antioxidants out, so I don't eat the pills. <laughs> I take them like every day. I'm well, wrong. I'm not to do that. Uh, I'm definitely not giving you, you know, medical advice. But uh, but some some is good. A ton is probably not as good. Okay, I think some, not a ton. Everything in the dose, right? That last advice, I mean, that seems like that would be good for people that have allergy hell, you know, mm -hmm. to give them the energy. You know, I felt that way yesterday. It seemed like that could have been a nice pick me up. And it also could be used for somebody that might have had too much to drink and help. <laughs> you 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 got where I was going with it, but yeah. Oh my goodness, a hangover. Uh, absolutely not that any of us really do that. I mean, it's obvious. But uh, but with okay. that, we'll talk about that off camera. Uh, but yeah, is it's also like a someone with a really bad stress headache or migraine. I've seen that really crack that. Um, and, uh, so very, it's very powerful and very, uh, safe and easy. You know, you can even have it all on kids. Um, I like stuff you can use on kids, pets, anything. In fact, the, uh, the other one, the mat, they actually have that for racehorses. Uh, they'll use it on racehorses to help them with recovery, which is cool. Cause you know, there's no placebo effect right. or he doesn't know, uh, and so, uh, yeah, they have them for pets and horses and things too. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. That is. I love it. So Dr. Aversol, if any of our listeners would like to contact you about an appointment or discuss the devices, how could they go about that? The easiest way is go to www.handmadehealth altogether, handmadehealth.com. And all of our info is on there. In fact, we have links to the different products that I was talking about and some other cool products too. And some descriptions of how we how we work. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks and for having me. Appreciate you, Doc. I'm going thank to that you. site when we're finished with this podcast. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Yes. Thank you so much, Doctor. That's wonderful. You got some you have some wonderful products. That's something I'm gonna definitely go take a look at. No question. No we question. All are. We're gonna put it on Randy's tag. Hey Randy. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Do I just lock click out? Yeah. All right, so headed into the second part of the Out of Bounds podcast. We're gonna look at this past week's games. So starting first, we'll go with the Heath at McKinney North game. It was a Thursday game, and McKinney North took the win with 56 to 34. Kenny, you were there, right? Yes, that was a track meet. Man, <laughs> I was, that, that was that was arena football without the nets. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I and I was up and down that sideline a lot <laughs> that day. Um, Again, McKinney North. If you looked at any, if you looked at their prior two games into um, three games going into that, they've been scoring big time there. They've been playing a lot of arena football. Um, 64-61 score earlier in the beginning of the season. Um, talked to the coach Fitchy a little bit after the game. He thought his defense played a lot better in the second half. 
Um, you know, they got a couple big stops when they really needed stops at that point in time. That offense they got, man, is it's something else. I mean, they, if you want to see a high, you know, fast up-tempo offense, McKinney North is the go. And, I mean, I wanted to say something even last night about saying, you know, if you want to if, – if offense is what you like in football, you better go catch McKinney North because they will give you all the offense that they got there. I mean, the wide receiver is a big um, – they got big tight end, forgot his name, and I'm looking down over here. I mean, he's. I mean, he's got a lot of colleges looking at him. I mean, they've got a real solid offensive line. I mean, the district that they're in, I think that they can buy for you know upper echelon for the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to win their district. You know, with that defense, I just don't see it. Uh, you've got to get more than two or three stops a game to win district titles, and I don't see that coming from them. But that's an entertaining bunch. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun watching. I know Randy was there with me also, and and that was. It was rapid fire. I mean, you blink, there's a 30-yard game. And, you know, for that 5A school to beat the Rockwell Heath to a 6A that came in as probably the favorite coming in there in their backyard, I mean, they, they stuck it to them pretty good in the second half, man. And, I mean, and Coach Fitzy talked to his team at the end of that game, and he said, you know what, you just beat a real good 6A football team here. He says, you know, we got some big things heading for us. So, you know, they're going to be a player in district. I really do. I think there will be a player going forward. And, and then – if Randy says you want to work with McKinney North again, get ready. That's all I got to say. Get ready because that scoreboard is working. Because, man, it goes up quick. <laughs> it does. All right. Well, next uh, we're going to talk about the Parish at All Saints game. All Saints took the win 24-17. And I was impressed by the amount of plays All Saints made, uh, just 67 plays on offense. That's a high number for high school football. That's impressive versus a team like Parrish, who has gotten a lot of attention, especially week one. Just yep. very impressed private schools. I thought that was probably the upset, you know, in the private ranks anyway. You know, that was the upset of the weekend for certain. I mean, that's that woke up a lot of people because I think a lot of people thought Parrish Piss was going to go undefeated after they had their big non-district wins here early. Um, you know, the to maintain Mr. Stone a little bit, you know, Mr. Stone's not used to getting out there on the field and not winning. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a loaded team. And all Saints, I mean, I think that they're kind of been, I should say the forgotten team in privates. I won't say that, but they're not, nobody's saying that they're going to win at all. So I think that plays in their hand a little bit. It seems like they got a little chip on their shoulder. And I know Gossett's been kind of on there, you know, he's been, he's been, he's been preaching all Saints here a little bit. And so, that that rung that, that bell rung real loud Friday night when they won, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to give props to Gossett on that one. Yeah, yeah all Saints go to heaven though. And then <laughs> hey, I, I had my eye on that game too, Kenny as well. It was 17-0 at halftime. They came out on opening drive. They ended up getting a field goal. I think like 30 some yards field goal because that was a tight game to be a 24-17 final. Uh, they had what a, a 67 yard in a interception return for a TD, a 45-yard block punt. So it looked like their defense was pretty stout, you know, to let them know that, hey, we the All Saints. We coming to march in tonight. And the game I was jealous of, I tweeted y'all that McKinney boy game. You were right. That was a high-flying <laughs> offense that night. It was like what, almost 700 yards of total offense. Every possession, every five possessions, I think they had five possessions they scored on that night. That quarterback up there, Dylan McKenzie, was four TDs passing, 
big arm. I didn't see it, but I seen the stadium. I'm like, I'm jealous. Y'all up there. They look like it was a high fire game, like you said, man. But like you said, they might don't uh, win the district. Or they could be the, uh, the the dark horse up there with that new school making noise like that. Two receivers with 100 yards receiving. That don't happen in high school too often. So yeah, I'm a different kid. I might win that district. <laughs> They don't need them as much, man. If, if you beat McKinney North, I'm guarantee you're not gonna beat them ten to seven. Right. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Right. <laughs> All right. And next up, we've got the Plano West at Jesuit game. It was a thirty-eight to three ending score. Kenny and I were there, and that was a windy yeah. game. Yeah. Some little passes, and what was passed? If Jesuit <laughs> threw it, it was caught. Uh. Poor Plano West. If it they, it wasn't very, it wasn't caught very often. But I think the Jesuit just ability to rush well dominated that game. Uh, you got two impressive backs and a stellar offensive line. That'll take you a lot of places. And then to add on that they've got you know peop, uh, players on the outside that were helping that offense elevate and just not stick to the rushing game. That's an impressive team. Yeah, and I thought that the I thought that the key to that game was the way the win was that um, Jesuit kicked off and made Plano West punt into the win. They had a short field early, and they were able to score three TDs in the first quarter, and that pretty much took Plano West out of their you know you know whatever off you know their offensive standpoint at that time. I mean, you're down 21 nothing going into the win, and Jesuit at that point in time, you're already limited a little bit offensively anyway from the Plano West side. I thought that pretty much won the game for them at that point in time. And, I mean, the, I mean they couldn't handle the Jesuit passed up tempo there, you know, that first quarter at all. I mean, Jesuit played at a very high rate, kind of like North McKinney, the McKinney North the night before. Um, once they got up, you could tell that that was then it played right into Jesuit's hands. They were able to then make them one-dimensional, and there really wasn't a threat later. But the, I thought the key of all of that was they were very balanced. They were able to run the football. They were able to make some plays down the field. I mean – um, Alicio had a big catch. He had a big game in there. Jake Taylor was good at the running back spot for them. And then also, I mean, E.J. Smith was healthy. And, you know, he missed the first two games of the year. He came back the week before. But, I mean, you know, Lauren, you, we and I both, both were there. He was healthy that night. And, I mean, he went up and got a touchdown catch in the back of the end zone amongst three people there. That's when I knew he was healthy. Um did a little did a little mess talking down there on the end of it, yeah. But I thought he held his composure pretty good because, you know, <laughs> they put face mask to face mask, but he walked away. You know that tells you something there a little bit. You know, a lot of times they don't walk away. You know, so. Um, <laughs> and, um, that tells but, who his dad is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I still, you know, I still, I'm, I'm, that district is a tough district for Jesuit. You know, they both, they all said the right things at the end of the game. You know, hey, we were 1-0 last year, too, going into district. They know that they're going to have to win at least four district games. And that's going to be a tough task. You know, I love Coach Hickman over there at Jesuit. He's the smallest enrollment out of everybody in that district. So he's already behind the eight ball as it is. He's got to stay healthy. There's no question. But, you know, Lauren made a great point. I think their offensive line was really good. So, you know, if your offensive line is good and you got A.J. Smith in the backfield, you can definitely do some damage on the run. There's no question. I can, I can tell, but the difference over there, I think Jake Taylor had the rushes for 90 yards and E.J. Smith yeah. had the two receiving touchdowns. Like you say, he went up and got it in the back of his own. You knew it was healthy. Call like, dang, is he playing? 
I don't see him doing anything. So, look, Jake Taylor, hats off to you, 100 yards, but EJ got his paper with the two touchdowns there. Yeah, Jake Taylor definitely and, underrated at the running back position. You, you know what? And I and I mean I don't want to I don't want to sabotage this, but I think the biggest story out of all this is that that's a top five enrollment in Plano West in the state of Texas. They're on a thirty game losing streak. And I don't understand that. That to me just makes no sense to me. You lost the last six games of 2016, and you've gone 0-10 and 0-10, and now you're 0-4 going into this season. I that, that team was knocking on the state championship door just six, seven years ago. So right. it just doesn't make any sense to me that Plano West is on a 30-game losing streak. Now, Coach oh. Suckup, he's the offensive NCAA coordinator at Hebrew last year. He just took the job. The, I'm not blaming I'm not blaming the, the current regime here. It's just mind-boggling to me that Plano West has not won a game in 30 straight games now. That's you just that, – that's, I mean, that's Sunset. That's Adamson. You know, that's Adamson. Calling you out. <laughs> that's good. That's Carter Riverside or Polytech types numbers. Lost for 30 straight now. And I just want to know how that happens. I, I know I won't get an answer, but I just want to know. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. No more peach. I'm good. All right. Well, next we'll talk about the Mansfield legacy at Lancaster game. And it was a one-sided game for sure for the 61-0 Lancaster win. So, Terrence, what do you got to say? All I got to say is woo-woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, give or take, Legacy lost 36 Letterman. You know, Jalen Catalan team, you know, but no excuses for this. Lancaster at home, starting district, hit them 61 to, to nothing. They came out a little shaky at first, but End of the night, they end up with a total of 315 rushing yards. They got a stellar tailback in Trey Bradford. He had 128 yards and two TDs. And my man, DQ James, went 87 yards down the sideline. He also had another one-yard run, but that 87-yarder, he's the he's a sophomore. He's the second-string uh, uh, running back there. Chris Gilbert always had young talent. I spoke with him before the game, reminded him of the 2012 Deer Park loss when he had his D-lineman, and they got – gas because they were doing a no huddle we talked about that i said how do you prepare you know for that this time around because i always wanted to ask him that question he got the guys disciplined and everything he got a stellar receiving latrell capelis but he didn't have too many yards but three big catches he also have a hidden jewel of Faison wilson i think this kid's from new york kenny he's a sophomore he looks like a grown man catch that he made and he ain't even seen the field yet we interviewed him at that seven on seven this past summer man this past spring dude he is he, he, he's a grown man a man challenge in the making there <laughs> yeah. on the defense, defensive side of the ball they got the uh, uh leonardo johnson the lsu commit he's pretty pretty stout what he do shut down corners their defense is just based on speed they're kind of small my game with them is going to be November the 1st, Kenny. We got to get their Highland Parker be in the house. They played them pretty tight last year. That's going to be the good game as they in the same district there. Uh, another note, I went there for the band as well. My childhood friend gave me a good interview, A.D. Bonner. He's been having those Tigers roll. He's a, a Gremlin alumni, uh, SOC alumni. He's a band director. I kind of hollered at them. It was a pretty good atmosphere just to see them because they host a the battle of the bands coming up next week. So it was a good 
good atmosphere there. My first time in, in the stadium, but it was a bunch of crookets there for some reason. You remember those crookets from a couple of years ago? How they yeah. was all, for some reason, they were all down there, and the kids running all over the state. It was kind of funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> but them Tigers, they're they going to be rolling, man. My favorite player from Lancaster is D.Q. James, period. I interviewed him when he was in the eighth grade, and he came up, and I put my hand around him. I said, you are way too yoked to be 14. That guy is built unbelievably. D.Q. is the one of the most quickest athletes in the Metroplex, bar none. Plays for True Buzz, got a smile that will make you melt. Humble pie, good kid, great track. Um, he, he works hard. Yeah, you know, I oh, yeah. said Kendra Cobbs is probably the hardest worker in the Metroplex. DQ is he probably right behind him. He's not very far. Um, you know, I just want him to grow a little bit more. I want him to get a little taller. I just want him to get a little taller. I just want to get him a little taller. They're gonna be beating this door down with offers. I know it's oh, yeah, but they, but if you ever get a chance to do a Lancaster game, you have to make sure you do DK, DQ in an interview because he's going to give you good answers. He's going to give he's going to brighten up your day as soon as he smiles. I'm telling you, the best smile in the Metroplex, DQ James, Drew Buzz, love him, man. Yeah, he, yeah, he gave Jay Ray that interview on the end. And he go go watch it when you get a chance. It was, it was funny. Yeah. He he hyped it up and it was it was it was good. <laughs> good man, he's good. All right, so now I've got South Grand Prairie at Lake Ridge with a South Grand Prairie win, 34-16. I'm still not impressed with South Grand Prairie um, at offense. I'm watching film, I get bored, sorry. That's harsh. (laughs) Um, But... uh, (laughs) Gophers are going to get you. Are they Gophers or Warriors? What are they? Warriors. I think neither team is going to be much in the district going forward on there. I thought that was, you know, you know, the battle for sixth, fifth place, you know, maybe, you know, maybe seventh, eighth, you know, I mean, I I, I just, I'm not enamored with either team at this present time. I know, I know South is trying to, you know, get back to where they were. And I know Lake Ridge, you know, they, no, they likely lost a lot of people also the graduation. And I'm not sure if they were tuned in completely with losing their, their you know, their defensive coordinator, you know, on that Wednesday, Billy Smith. Oh, rest yeah. That, yeah, rest you know, that, the coach. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know where they were at mentally. You know, I don't know how they were at physically. I don't know if you had good work, you know practice all that knowing what happened i know parker turley one you know our intern of the year last year was very very close to billy smith and you know he's he texted me on tuesday night said he was getting really bad so you know i think that's just right in the middle of when you're trying to prepare for a team and you're going through something like that i mean we have to remember that these are young men they're not adults yet and i I bet you that was a that had to been a lot on their mind going into that football game and and i hate that but it does. It is a built-in excuse, and it's a realistic excuse. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's a realistic reason they might not have been ready to play. And, right, right. Uh, so, but you know, in, in the end, you know, I just, I, I don't think either team is going to factor into that district forward. I think Grand Prairie is kind of in the same boat with them, and, and I mean, and that district's already tough as it is anyway. So, 
Yeah, that's a district with Summit, Cedar Hill, DeSoto walks a hatch in. DeSoto's a dark horse right there. Mm-hmm. They've been making a little noise, and Summit's trying to hold it down. And Hatchie, they they gonna be around Cedar Hill. They'll be around, but yeah, like you say, those uh, South Grand Prairie, Lake Ridge, and, and GP and Mansfield. I'm sorry, but you know they kind of have went down. And you know what another coach. Yeah. Well, you brought Man- up Mansfield. You know that. I wonder if they get. I might be the exact opposite for Mansfield. They're getting a jolt back with their coach coming back from cancer right, last right. week, you know, and they right. beat Summit. So, you know, it might be the reverse for them. Well, they might be playing for their coach this year where, right. you know, the other way they're down and out oh, trying to yeah. pick themselves up to play for their coach. So, you know, that might, you know, Mansfield might be somebody that, you know, I need to watch to see how they play going oh, forward. Yeah. That might be riding that euphoria high for, you know, their coach. And, I mean, God bless them for being back. You know, that's that's you. Yeah. Yeah, bless them. They could be a little bubble team. Yeah. All right. Next, we've got uh, to look back at Reedy at Denison. Reedy took the win, 35-22, and I was seeing that they were struggling in the beginning. Denison tried to rally towards the end. Denison tried to rally in the end and just (laughs) couldn't pick it back up to take the win. Well, you and I saw them play against the colony, you know, and I, I, you know, it looked like at least they had some offense, you know, in that game because they didn't have offense against the colony at all, you know. And I think you and I at that time we looked at it; it was really the quarterback play. And I hate to put all that on one person, especially when it's a young adult. But let's be real here: if you get good quarterback play, you're going to win games in high school. And he didn't play good against the colony at all. And so, you know, they scored points. And that's maybe that's at least a plus going for Reedy because let's face it, they're a preseason top five Darlin and five A and I don't think that they played their ranking in so far here in the first four games. And they got a big one coming up here coming Friday night because the fighting raccoons are coming in under Yeah, they are making some noise. <laughs> I remember them back and, in the day. And Frisco Lamb put a pasting on um, Lebanon Trail, 70-28. And from what I understand, Lebanon Trail's not very happy with that (laughs) 70. Heard that there might have been an onside kick at the end of that game to get more points from Frisco. So that's something that clock says 0-0. Until that clock says 0-0, like the kid from North Shore told me last year in the championship. Coaches, get out your soft tissue. Absolutely. So the granddaddy of all the Frisco schools is sitting back saying, hey, we're 4-0. We beat Reedy here on Friday at the at, – I'm not sure if it's a star. Is that the star? Is that the star? Yeah. I smell you an know, upset. Well, I'm going to go out there on the limb. You know, it, you know, it's nice to see the fighting raccoons back where they were, you know, been. I mean, about four or five years ago they kind of had a good season. But I said, you know, the new teams were the ones that were the, you know, the the, the – what was the word? The you know the storm you know going back in there, but I mean Reedy, it's a big game for them. I think Reedy, if, we're gonna find out about what Reedy is this Friday night. That may be a game to watch. I hope it's one of those uh, Channel Four game. You pick the game because, like you say, it was a tight game, 35-32. And Will Harbor, he complimented oh uh, Kenneth Farragut, I believe the quarterback over there. Yeah, six for 40, but it was two TDs. And guess what? 
He's a PAT cooker. He was five for five on PATs, and they were t- up 21-5 at halftime until Dennison in the end got two fumbles, turned them into TDs, tried to make that that, that uh, comeback, and like I said, the onside kick fell, and it was a wrap there. But, yeah, at uh, Frisco Raccoons and Reedy, man, I, I, I'm going to go on the and say Reedy going to get them. They 2 and on District 2. Well, we'll get more into that game in a little bit later, but right now, let's look at this upcoming week. So, starting with Thursday game, Keller Central at Geyer. I mean, I'm really impressed with Geyer. I'm going to hop on that train that those are some talent, not just because they've got an a quarterback, but Eli Stowers, I'm impressed. Running back. Incredible. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that offense can just continue to do in 6A. Geiger hasn't really been a power in 6A, you know, past years. So it'll be interesting watching them try to get up there and, you know, Allen Duncanville level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Katri Cobb, Kenny, we was out at the uh, tournament, the 7 on 7. I mean, remember I interviewed a kid behind me lifting weights while doing pull-ups before the interview. I'm like, what were you doing back there? How many did you do, by the way? Good kid. He was playing both sides of the ball, fast on defense, fast on offense, but he's the rusher. You know, he got 290 rushing yards so far, I believe. No, he has more than that. I'm sorry. He has 538 rushing yards so far, nine TDs on the season. In the beginning of the season last year when I did the Cotton Bowl game with Cedar Hill, him and Eli Styles was out. That caused Cedar Hill got the win, but they didn't win this year. Like you say, they trying to make some noise in the district for a Thursday night game, and I'm looking forward to the rematch with them and Southlake. It's in Denton this time, though. You remember that game, the halfback pass that Riley pulled out? That's going to be a good game to watch there. Yes. Well, you know, I kind of said it last night on Channel 8 with the, about Denton Geyer. I think that they're – Oh, you was on Channel 8? Yeah. They're about the closest to Duncanville. Um the only thing I think the biggest difference between Duncanville and Ditton Guy right now maybe on, is on the defensive side. You know, I, that's the one thing I think that Guy needs to probably short, you know, shorten that up a little bit. I mean, I know giving up 57 points to Lido is not really a shame. Lido, we all know, is loaded offensively. Lido's going to put up 57 points on a lot of people. Um, but I do think that Coach Walsh probably that's the one thing that he wants to improve going forward because I think offensively. They could play with anybody here in the Metroplex, obviously. There's no problem there. Big offensive line, Kedrick Cobbs, Eli Stowers. You know I mean, enough said. We have already talked enough about them. But I do think Kedrick Cobbs is a very unnoticed gym, though. I don't understand why that guy does not have more Power 5 offers. It's just mind-boggling. The guy's smart. It's right. not a great issue. He works harder than anybody else that's out there. And you just look at the stats, almost 600 yards, 15, you know, 12 TDs. I mean, it's just... It's, it's ridiculous to me to think that the Power Five people are going to – you know he's going to go down. He's going to be just like Eno Benjamin was over at Wiley East. Going to go out to the Pac-12 and be the freshman of the year, MVP, and yeah. everybody in the Big 12. I mean, what? He was in our backyard and we didn't recruit him? It's yeah. mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling. I just don't get it. Don't get it. But anyway, I do think the Denton guy I, – I will be there Thursday night against Keller Central. Keller Central, I believe, is 2-2 two and two coming into the game. I think didn't Geyer will handle them on Thursday night. Um, I'm, Keller Central, they hadn't played anybody just yet, so I don't really have a good feel on who, yeah. what they are. I think they to a hornet's nest a little bit with that big offensive line, and I do think that – I know Coach Walsh likes to get his team ready. Just oh, yeah. 
always does it on tough. I mean, they got a great resume in non-district. They got a win in Alito, then they had turnaround fight six days later and play Lancaster at the Cotton Bowl and beat them. I mean, they got a nice, they got a nice tablet already going in. So they're battle tested, and I think that's going to help them in district. Now, just the pairings going forward, I do think they have a shot at Duncanville. I'm not saying they're going to beat Duncanville. I'm just saying they're going to play them tough. I think yeah. that's the one game that I'm looking forward to. I'm drinking Duncanville's Kool-Aid all the way to state. I don't know. <laughs> After what I've seen, we man. <laughs> the bill. <laughs> Back to the Frisco at Reedy game, just both teams really – Frisco looking good, Reedy struggling a little bit, but also able to show that they can put up some points. Like we said, it'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, we'll say a lot for that district and what'll become of that too. Well, I think the one, th- I think the, 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 the one of my favorite players is Will Harbor though for Reedy. I mean that guy, he's all world, does everything for him. Comes in on short distance, kicks, plays quarterback, plays stellar linebacker, and he's going to Naval Academy. I mean, I have huge respect for anybody who decides to go to one of the academies, especially for what the commitment is during the time there and the academic, the academics that go with it. And then the five-year commitment afterwards, you know, coming out as an officer. Man, I have nothing but major praise for those kind of guys. And you, and you obviously know they're sharp. You know, the Naval Academy, Army, and Air Force, they don't, they don't recruit dummies, you know. You gotta have them books to go with it, and Will Harbor has left it. He, he's he's left everything in the tank for Reedy since day one. They were he was there day one when they started their program. He's been playing since then, and I I it's hard not to root for him. And then obviously Nate Anderson is the big offensive tackle there for Reedy. OU commit. Um, what oh, year was a tight end last year before they said well shipped out the offensive tackle, and now he's you know top four. Offensive lineman in the country now. Uh, talk, I mean, to me, that's just unreal to think you go from a tight end position, go to the tackle position in one year, and you're already a top five recruit at your position for that. That tells you about his athleticism. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Good frame. You know, it really does. So, yeah, I think if I ha- if you had to make me pick, I would probably pick Reedy just because of the recent pedigree. But I do think the raccoons are coming back saying, hey, we're not we're not dead just yet. And I think this is their time for them to kind of show. And it, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. And if you made me split hairs, I'd call Reedy. They win, say, 35-32. Yep. Kind of the same game they had against Davis last week. 35-33. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same game. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, my neck of the woods here over Louisville at Flower Mound. Oh. All right, well, last season I was at this game, and Flower Mound kind of took a handle to Louisville and won the Battle of the Rock, I'm told it's called. Is it the Rock, not the Axe? No, the Axe is versus Marcus. That's Marcus, yeah. That's Marcus, yeah. And, well, I... I'm buying into Louisville. Um, Marcus football, please don't hate me, but that is a talented offense, a talented defense. Um, Louisville football uh, had a tragedy this past weekend, and I just really, they're going to want to do that for, you know, a kid that they saw every day in practice. Um, 
watching Flower Mound before. Um, I'm impressed with their offense. Blake Short, awesome kid, awesome quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what he can do up against a defense like Louisville. But that defense at Flower Mound might get scored on a lot. So that'll be interesting to see all Armani does. Armani Winfield, you know, recruited by everyone in the nation, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That team. He, he might get some points both ways, honestly. You never know. With a name like Armani Winfield, you sound cold. So he going to get his, just like Marvin Mims did, Kenny. A name like Marvin Mims, they going to get there. <laughs> that is an unbelievable talent in Armani Winfield. I mean, last year... He thought he was a senior, and he looked over there, and he grabbed your roster, and people were telling me before I got there, said, you know, he's 14 years old. Yeah. Like, what? And <laughs> best guy on the field. And, you know, I think I asked you that. He's You know, the thing about that, and not to, not to, work, not to go back a little bit, they played um, Duncanville on the playoffs um, the day after Thanksgiving, and – that shows you how good Duncanville's defense was last year because they completely shut him down, and that's that's an you know that's an all-world talent. Um, but I think also last year when you brought it up, Lauren, I called this. They were talking with the Rendos rolled up Louisville, the Fighting Farmers. They kept saying, "We we back, we back, we back." We back. And that hammer and that sledgehammer came back and said, "No, not quite yet." As Flower Mound went on to win that district crown last year for the first time over there, at, um, I think the key is that can Louisville stop Huggins, the running back? I think Huggins, Huggins is one of the most underrated backs here in the Metroplex. Doesn't get a whole lot of hoop ball. People don't talk about him. He had nearly 2,000 yards rushing last year. Um, he was the he was the main the number one cog for Flower Mound last year in their big year last year. Their defense, yes, I think Lauren makes a great point there. That needs to be addressed a little bit there. But I, the farmers have been talking about we back. I've been hearing the chirping, we back. Those locals back. That's from the old school when they were the, the big dog on campus. Well, I'm going to be there. I want to see now. Are y'all are you going to back up that dog? Because y'all are winning the trash talking. Now, it's time to win that school. It's time to win that school. <laughs> hey, I, Put I, up I, a shut up. They want us there. They want us here. We're going to be back. We get, I, okay. I want to see it with my Come own correct. eyes that you're Come back. Correct. Come correct, F.M. Marcus. I don't need any more. Are you going to do this? <laughs> I want to pick up the paper Sunday morning that says, Louisville, one more point over, fly them out. <laughs> then I may say, you back. Until then? Sound like a longhorn. We back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do think, I do think Coach Older, though, all, all square biz, he does have that program going in the right direction. There's yeah. no question. They are, I mean, I think they're maybe a year or two away from being somebody that we're going to be going, hmm. That's a real, real, real good football team. We, we don't know yet. It might be this year. We don't know. But Oswald's definitely changed that. They, they changed the dynamic over the fight. Over There's no question about that. They've improved. I mean, when, I mean, we already know Winfield. I mean, he's just he's ridiculous. And the thing about them is they're playing pretty good defense now. And that's what I, that reminds me. 
were back in the day. No, they could beat you 10-7 because their defense was so good. So that, to me, is going to be the key for the fighting farmers if they can beat that senior-laden backfield of, of Flower Mound. That'll be good game. Yes. All right. Wait for this. We've got Rangeview at Alvarado. Um, might be kind of an upset to say Alvarado will probably take the win, but I think they have a more high-powered offense. Terrence shaking his head at me. But <laughs> I'm always gonna stay on the limb. <laughs> Making us better, <laughs> y'all. We all challenge each other. But yeah, with Alvarado's two and two now. Yes. Carrollton Ranch we with four and zero. I know records. I hate them numbers and records. But hey, when you coming out with that swag like that, that means you ain't trying to lose nothing. Alvarado sounds good because it's up to my arc. And Alito and Alvarado. I get them all mixed up, but I already know Alito runs that up there. But Ranch View, do something. That's for my boy Kenny and and Randy and and uh, 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 what's his name? My camera. Uh, come on, Kenny, help me out oh, here. Camera, it's been a long day. Roger. Roger. Yeah, y'all heard it right there. Do it. For, do it for my boys, Ranch View. <laughs> Um, I talked to Coach Smith though about 2 a.m. this past Saturday when they when they went up 4-0 and we were texting back and forth and I said you know Coach you're gonna enjoy this I said we interviewed you back in the, in the hot of August and he said I don't know what direction my team's gonna go I said you're 4-0 we only played four games so I said you know you, you can't win any more than what you've already played he's very, very, very concerned of Alvarado. He said that if we don't shore up some of our mistakes, he said Alvarado will expose them. Now, the one good thing was is that Mikey Henderson, the OU commit, he had a big game this past weekend with a couple touchdowns. I mean, he was huge last week. And I mean, and they need they need Mikey Henderson to be that, you know, the Jim Thorpe of Ranch View because it makes him so much more diversified. You know, he was the quarterback last year, but he only played two games. He didn't play the first game this year. So, you know, he hasn't played a lot of varsity games so far because of health issues. But he seems to be healthy. He's a man amongst boys on the 4A level. When he brings it, when he brings it, he's unstoppable. It's just sometimes he doesn't bring it. And that makes Ranch View I need him doing the Superman pose in the end zone because that tells me he's ready to play ball. Yes. Especially he's going to be a boomer. Yes. Like you <laughs> say, he better bring, bring it. And he needs to bring it every day. And that, that's the one that's my pledge to you, Mikey Henderson. You know, I he love you. Turn. We hug, we dap, we talk, we talk about all that stuff. It's, you know, we have serious talks, Mikey, but I need you to be Superman this Friday night. And Ranch View will win. Let's uh, go. <laughs> right. And then we've got Midlothian Heritage at La Vega. Um, Good game. La Vega, I think, is an incredible team. Yeah. Um, I think after that loss to Argyle, they're – trying to you know, get back to where the big dogs so I kind of expect them to be ready to put up some points and you know have that drive to win so yeah well, state they, camps yeah they are well, I don't I know the big dog. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, give them, 
Well, I don't think people, a lot of people realize that LaVega graduated a lot of talent last year. Right. So, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that I think, and I think Argyle, you know, as good as Argyle is, you know, everybody knows how I feel about Argyle. They caught him at a good time. Second game of the year, you're trying to get new people into the spots to do what you're supposed to do. Argyle came in with a serious chip on their shoulder, too, losing that game out in Midlothian last year in the bad weather game. I thought that was the perfect storm for Argyle to go out there and beat them. And they did, but I do think that, you know, with La Vega, as talented as they are, they just got to get some experience. Now, I do know one thing, with Midlothian Heritage, they're going to swing the ball around, but they're still, they're not at that same level of Midlothian Heritage that they were last year that lost to, um, oh gosh, uh, I can't believe the team from out, like, out west, I mean, I'm out, out east, was you know, it, uh, where uh, Keonta Ingram went. Good, I've gone brain dead, but um, I don't know where Longhorns go to school. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, and, and, and believe me, they didn't score that TD against them at the star either. That they, they, they did not get that. They did not get that TD at all. But I do think Midlothian Heritage, the quarterback situation. He's inexperienced. They graduated a guy from last year. So they're, they're not that high-potent in offense, but I do think Midlothian here just can give them a very good game. I am still going to pick La Vega just because I think they got the championship pedigree and they got the athletes to do it. But it would not surprise me at all if that's a dogfight all the way through. In order for that to happen, that young quarterback need to get that rock to Jay Wilkerson. <laughs> Seven TDs on the season, 400 yards right now, but he's probably the only talent over there. Get, get him the rock, coach. And look, Like you say, La Vega's young. Go out. A K A Ghost. Go. Troopers. Man, just a junior. I love his game, man. I just, I love his game. I mean, I'm his biggest fan. I saw him two years ago and said, Who is this guy out here? All he did was shake up a whole lot of people and make them look stupid. <laughs> so, man, I'm a huge fan of Wilkerson, man. Huge fan. All right. And then lastly in here, we've got Rockwall at Longview. And I'm just going to go with Longview and that A&M quarterback commit. Yet another one. I'm impressed. Shane's King, you know, his kid tends to be looked down upon, but – what they've shown on everything I've seen about him, a humble kid just wants to do it for the city of Longview. That's always a great mentality to have on your quarterback. Just, you know, get it done, be successful. Um, I don't know that much about Rockwall, but. Jackson, I, all you need to know. Jackson Smith. Yes. Well, <laughs> I have to associate with Ohio State commits, so. <laughs> <laughs> Long view and Rockwell, huh? Haynes King's a good kid, coach son, but you know what? I seen a game on ESPN, even though they're four and zero, Kenny. He struggled with Tom, uh, Tyler John Tyler. He was throwing pick out the pick out the pick out the pick. I'm like, this ain't the same kid I seen. His daddy was on him too, but I didn't finish watching it. Don't know how they got the win, but man, he sure was throwing that rock away. I think the bright lights. May have got him a little bit with ESPN doing the game that night. From everything I saw, you know, when I Tebo went back and looked, I was like, you know, that wasn't. And that's so out of character for him. Now, yeah. let's go back, you know, let's, let, let's get, you know, his track record speaks for itself. 
that yeah. is that is the leader of that team. Those kids play extremely hard for Hayes King. I mean, they do. It, I, 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 that was last year when I was doing their playoff games, man. After every game, to a to a player would go over to Hayes King, give him daps on his head, and talk about how he had such a good game, whatever. I mean, his his play on the field won that respect in that locker room, and that's a tough locker room to win over, especially when your your dad's the head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's tough to do something of that nature. Now, I do think, man. That that kid over there at El Rockwall, that wow, no, no, no names. I don't know if they got an answer. You know. He's Marvin Mims, them boys. He might Marvin Mims. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that was a big win over Arlington Martin the other night. I mean, you know, Arlington Martin came in there with a lot of steam in there. They're back. I think Arlington Martin's back. And I mean, that was a close game. You know, I mean, for for about two quarters. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that was a big win for them last week. So, I think that that's going to be a man. That that that's a game that I really would like to be at and just watch from afar. You know, to watch to see the athletes on both sides. You lose a little of that on the sidelines sometimes, not being able to see the big picture. But if you made me have to pick here a little bit, I'm going to say Longview. But man, I. Like I said, it used to be Saturday morning. We used to have that those scores in the Dallas Morning News. Don't now when started. don't get me started on that. It's Sunday now. I talked to Joseph Hoyt about. I talked to Joseph Hoyt over there at Dallas Morning News about it. Tell him I've been getting the Dallas Morning News since 1980. I got my high school scores on Saturday morning. Why are we not doing that anymore? I don't Man. understand. That's they cut budgets there. Jobs. Makes us go to DMW Marcy over there and check out our boy Brian Gossett anyway. Gossett, what's up, brother? Ain't seen you yet. But I think that's going to be a great game. And like Lauren said, dude, it's I think that that's going to be a game that's it'll be deceiving. Deceiving is that I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it'll probably be like maybe a 31-24 type. I don't think it's going to get in the 40s. I don't. I don't. I think I just don't think that um, Coach King is gonna defense will be enough that they'll control them a little bit. But it's gonna be a good game to watch. I'm looking Sorry, forward to Hans it. King, you're gonna throw a lot of picks, buddy. <laughs> All right, and now we're gonna head into our power four A power four A teams of the year now. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up, but next week we'll bring. Dallas Cloud. <laughs> All right, Terrence, want to right. start us off? Uh, power five and four A. Yes. yes. I got Ranch Rue number one. Argyle number two. Middle Oaken Heritage number three. Still in their cause of the ghost. Waco La Vega number four. Like Kenny said, they're young, lost a lot of players, don't really know what they can bring to the table. If they can get this close and be back-to-back champions, we know that's kind of rare to happen. Only one school done it. And Carthage. Didn't have too many in the foyer up here, but some schools down that way still make noise, and we end up seeing them in December there. So some little hidden jewels down there for my power five and four. All right, Kenny, and yours? That was the team I was thinking that Midlothian Heritage lost to was Carthage at the start. That's what it was. Thank you for doing that, man. Just a brain, 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 brain freeze. Good great. <laughs> hey, we get Sorry Doctor. We get Doctor on back on. Hey Doctor, where you at? We need that oxygen mask. 
Um, I'm going to say, obviously, I think that the cream of the cop in 4A is going to be Argyle. I think it's I think it's Argyle's championship this year to lose. If you know, The only thing to me would make them lose is that they have some injuries and some pivotal spots, obviously, at quarterback that would be huge. Um, I even think if Tito Bice went down for a little while, they'll still be able to run the football. Hogaboom has really improved this year. I mean, he's he went from – a great year last year to now he is a difference maker if that makes sense even with the huge numbers last year he can he can carry that team he didn't have to last year but he can do it now and i think that they are the cream of the crops i'm gonna go with parish which leads me to the big game that's gonna happen in mid-october argyle going up to paris last year parrot they had to hold him off there on a big big comeback bid by paris last year they just ran out of time I think they could have upset them last year. So I'm going to go with Paris as my number two team. La Vega, which we already talked about, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's the team to pick. I, I think La Vega out of there is the team to go. I think they'll get deep in their run, especially if they get some, you know, maturity out of some of the younger people out of there. They're going to be, they're going to be tough out. Um, Carthage, obviously, is going to be number four. I think Carthage is the team – that nobody really wants to talk about a whole lot, you know, I mean, because we're just so used to them always being there. You know what I mean? It's just, we're used to them being in the fourth, fifth round of Red Jury's world. name Carthage is always <laughs> yeah. Just like Converse Justin, when we grew up with football, Carthage yeah. and Converse just always stuck with us. You know, they got um, Ingram's little, um, little young, as a cousin, I believe, that's on their team now, that he's a heck of an athlete there. I mean, Surratt, I mean, I mean, he's he's done a great job down there. Um, my other team is I'm going to go on and go out on the limb and tell Coach Smith down there, Coach Rantner, that Ranch View, that you know what? You're all right. You got a pretty decent team here on 4A. Yeah, I, I said, said you've been preaching the blues a whole lot, but I said, you know what? They are all right. They're going to be all right, you know. And, and my other team would probably be, I mean, you know, if I had to choose, I'm probably going to go with the same thing that Terrence had, Midlothian Heritage. Even though I'm a little, I'm a little leery on that because of the quarterback position there. Um, if they had last year's quarterback, they'd be a much higher on my, on, on, higher on my list. But I mean, we're going to find out a lot about Heritage this weekend. So I think that that'll be the difference in determining if that if they're worthy of being a top five team is after this weekend. I think we'll find out a lot about Heritage. Definitely. And mine is, number one, I'm going with Argyle. I'm impressed, but so good. Number two, Carthage. Like, the tradition there, they're going to be there in December. We just already know. Unless something crazy happens, they'll be there in December. They'll be there. Uh, Three, I'm going to go with La Vega. You know, you can't fall too far down. Even graduating, you still got that mentality. And underclassmen, you don't want to go from junior year state ring to senior year not getting there. That's probably tough to be up. And then I'm going to go with Midlothian Heritage and then Ranch View. I just realized that I've been watching Mikey Henderson film for probably the past two years and didn't realize he went to Ranch View. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start out Power Five A. Kenny, you'll kick us off. 
Oh, jeez, I haven't, haven't even gone through it. Well, 5A is pretty easy for me. It's Denton Ryan. I mean, there's no question. I think Denton Ryan might be the favorite in 6A. Yeah, I said that. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I think they're the team to beat. Um, they, I don't think there's anybody on the 5A level that beat them this year. Um, it'll be just nothing about them just trying to stay healthy. Um, number two is going to be Frisco Lone Star. To me, Frisco Lone Star is the one team that's got a defense that, you know, Terrence and I watched where anytime you can rush the front four and get pressure and drop seven in coverage, you're going to win in high school. It's district <laughs> state of Texas. Yeah, they're just absolutely loaded. They're, um, they're loaded beyond loaded. I'm going to go with Highland Park, number three. I still think that was a bounce-back win for them last week for them. I think that they are still got some moving parts maybe to get better. They're going to have to get their protection issues done because obviously we need Chandler Morris to be upright. And two <laughs> weeks ago, he found out what it is to try to make passes when you're parallel to the ground. You know? wait, 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 wait. Who they play last week? Was it yeah. Brian Adams? Brian Adams. Okay. <laughs> they got buys. It's like Duncanville. They got buys in district to the playoffs. I mean, it's a matter of not trying to get anybody, anybody hurt anymore. Don't make me jump. I don't even know what to say anymore about it. It's like Duncanville and Highland Park, they play one game in district and the rest are just gimmies. And I, 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 don't, I don't know how you get better that way i mean i really don't just be go to school they need they need bodies in school the enrollment that's all it is when people like oh they got all these people well it's the enrollment it ain't the coaches and the kids it's the the enrollment (laughs) (laughs) that's big i mean i think you're right about that um my last day would be shadow creek down in houston i think shadow creek's gonna be the team that you're gonna have to start looking at that that electric quarterback that they got over there, man, he'll make you miss in a telephone booth. That guy is great, dude. And I think Shadow Creek is is they're looming. And I don't know which I don't know which bracket they'll be in. And I should have studied that a little bit before. Yeah. But I said I need to figure out which one of those brackets that they'll be in because I think that they are a team that's just Nobody's talking about – they're talking about on Fox Sports West, but I'm saying amongst people around here, nobody's ever mentioned about them. And I said they better look out because Shadow Creek will put some knots on your head. And oh, yeah. This is only about their third year of school on campus, yeah. too. They hijacked Manville's talent for sure. Oh, yes. Unreal. And then obviously then the last one's going to probably be – it's going to be Lake Travis. I'll go on with Lake Travis on that one. I just – I, I, I think they'll get it right. I'm, it's not a typical Lake Travis year so far, but I think that they'll get it right. And I said, going they forward, got, I think they got the pedigree. They got that quarterback that's committed to UT uh, down there. Hudson yeah. Hudson Cards. What a oh, debacle. He does have a. It's going to be quarterback controversy at UT next year. Yeah. This ain't OU. Can't handle it like OU can. All right, parents, and for yours. My 5A is a little different here. My top, number one, I have Frisco Lone Star, Lido, and the Frisco Raccoons making noise all right there in a row. 
Number two will be Highland Park. Of course, they're going to be around. I even threw Lancaster up in there. They're young, but like what I've seen, if, if they keep their head together and listen to their coach, they're going to make a little noise here in this in this season as they try to get to the playoffs. Uh, Denton Ryan's in there, of course. They always match up with Highland Park for some reason. Maybe this is the year, Kenny, that they break the ice. But they're always up there. Uh, shout out to that Spencer Sanders had a good game the other night, matter of fact. Over there at OSU. I'm like, whoa, I forgot he was over there. And then the Colony, my sleeper, the Colony. I seen a game that y'all did with the Colony. They look like they could make a little noise, maybe a bubble team to get up in the playoffs and, you know, get a little feel of the playoffs there. That's my top five. Nice. Nice. And for myself, number one, I'm going to go with Lone Star. Um, I'm kind of hoping they'll ride that just we beat Highland Park, we're going to beat everybody type of mentality. Um, and then I'm going to go with Alito and then Highland Park and then Denton Ryan. And then I'm going to tie the Colony and Manville because I know you said Shadow Creek. But everyone right now is not realizing Manville's beating teams that are D1 loaded. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Manville. Sorry, Shadow Creek. Highland Park got it out of the way a year ago. I see Lawrence Park coming right out of her shirt. Right. Uh, Manville football has such a special place in my heart. I just. <laughs> I'm sorry for that loss you had that year. Yeah, it's okay. I cried a lot. Um, <laughs> Coach Hall. Headed into his second year after Coach Martin left for Syracuse, it's really great to see him rallying that offense and putting up points like Manville used to. Um, quarterback Tucker Yarborough, kind of an underrated quarterback, 2020. But he's about to blow up though. Coach Martin will start telling all those other Power Five QB coaches, "Look, we got a kid at Manville, and Tucker Yarborough. Just remember the name." All right. <laughs> That's 5A football, 6A, the big dogs of them all. (laughs) Kenny, start us off. Well, I will go with Duncanville. I do still think that Duncanville's done enough to be number one at this point in time. I mean, beating a big um, St. John's BC team coming in here a couple weeks ago and only giving up two TDs was huge, I thought, for them. Their defense is just still – I mean, it's the backbone of what that team is. I mean, I have a shout-out for big James Mitchell up front. That guy's a warrior up front. And Chris Thompson in the back end. That's, that team is just, they're, you know, they're – and you have to think, you know, unfortunately they're going to have about six more buys until the playoffs. You know, you wonder if they lose focus. But we said that last year, and they didn't lose focus. Sure did. You know, so, I mean – the last know, second – you know, and, uh, and like I said last night a little bit, I think that Jackson's really elevated his game. And I said, like I said last night, I said some people are leaders and some people are born leaders, and he is a leader. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of Hayes Kings a little bit by how they play for him. Um, number two, I want to surprise you guys, is going to be old Gary, Coach Gary Joseph squad down there in Katy. I think Katy has got a big chip on their shoulder these days. Yeah. A very good Galena Park, North Shore team, obviously. Sure did. Had Zach Evans playing. He wasn't suspended in that game. So I know a lot of people like to say yeah. that, yeah. oh, he's suspended. No, no he Evans played that game. Mm-hmm. He says he decided too. Yep. So, you know, Katie avenges both losses that they had last year to 
to them. So I'm going to go with Katie because I think that they've had the you know, they have the biggest win on the they have the biggest win on the dock in 6A. I think you know beating them. So um, I will go with Dittengeier as number three. It may be a little high yet. I like to see him in person. You know, coming up here this Thursday night might be big. Might be a little high, but I think I give credence to the win at Alito. You know, I said, you know, not many people go to Alito and win, regardless of Alito is 5A. It doesn't matter. Not many people go in there and walk out and have yeah, more points. Have than yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Galena Park, obviously North Shore. I mean, I love the Davis kid at quarterback. He just put his final four, four I believe, out there that he's going to go. I mean, I got to talk to him at the GM circuit this year. Nice kid. We talked about the whole game, the whole drive, and – he opened up and told this real talk, which was nice. Ah, you know, yeah. yeah, I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was nervous on that last drive. You yeah. don't get that much. You know? Oh, I had it all. You know, we, we good. Yeah. No, he, he was it a prayer. <laughs> I asked. <him. laughs> <laughs> Best answer to that, Ken. You know what he said? He said, no, it's called throw it up and whichever one I at least catch it, that's who come down with it. Second catch of the game. And I had a real tough time at number five, and I'm going to – man, it's probably a homer pick a little bit, of, but I'm going to go with O'Allen, the Eagles, at number five. I, you know, I just got to think that they're going to get things wrong I have – Nothing but respect for Coach, um, the coach, um, it was a gamble. Oh, God, I'm yeah. brain did it. Yeah. yeah, gamble. Got it right, yeah. You know, he's – and they're in, this is probably the first time in, what, a decade that they're under the – you know, that nobody's talking about them. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, they've, talked, they've been number one, two, three, going forward. And, I mean, I, I don't have any Allen steam at all in the media rooms, the sidelines or nothing. And that's strange to me. So I think that that plays into, you know, the, their hand there a little bit. Oh, now, yeah. I, don't, I'm, I, I hope they get tested a little in district a little bit because, you know, I think you need to be a little battle tested going forward. But that would be my number fifth, my team. And I'm like I said, I'm not completely sure on them yet. Yet. All right, Terrington, for you. My 6A is kind of similar to y'all's. The only difference, I kept everything up here in the DF dub. Number one, of course, Duncan Villa. They're going to be back. Like I say, Kim, we're going to see them again. Hope Coach Samples get to hoist that trophy this come December. Geyer's in there again. They're a healthy catcher cop. Eli Styles is there. Southlake Riley is over there doing his thing. I think I got them this Friday. Haven't seen much of them, but I know TJ's gone, and I know they've been passing that ball. So I'm, it's interesting to go see that. Uh, DeSoto, like I said, Coach Mathis is back. New kids, new faces trying to get an identity, but they creeping on that on that side of the belt line there, I believe. And then I got Allen at five just like you. Not sure what they're going to be capable of, but when I did the first game and I seen the one they call Little Collar, 80 yards to the house, they're kind of small. they still tough now. They may run into Duncanville again, and it'll be like number two for them in South Lake as well. So Duncanville, South Lake, Allen, they might meet again. Definitely. All right. And for myself, I'm going to go number one, Duncanville. Uh, kind of hurts my inner Houstonian to pick them over a North Shore team, but. Sometimes <laughs> I'm going to avenge that with two being North Shore. I mean, you know, they're returning a lot of their offensive players who they can put up points, incredible players. They just want to win again. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Geyer. 
also an incredible offense. Not, yep. And then Allen at number four. Um, there's just a pedigree at Allen, and not having a coaching change, but also not really having a bunch of big names like they're used to. I feel like those kids, you know, they want to be the Kyler Murrays, the Theo Wees, and get that attention up in there. I'm glad you brought that up because is it, is the quarterback healthy? I mean, I only missed the last. He got hurt in the last yeah, game, right? Tweak tweaked the ankle, I believe. Yes. Yeah. That, that was the one thing I was just thinking about. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And then at fifth, um, this is going to be a hot take, but I'm still going with it. Um, I'm going to say Louisville. Look, like we said, that offense, Whoa. they got Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. Winfield. Winfield. You gotta write this down. I like it. I'm impressed. Um, Coach Odell over there, he's been, you know, working hard recently to get that team right. They've always had an impressive offensive line. I mean, I don't know specific players on that defense, but what they've been doing to teams, they've got to have a good one. And I just – they're gonna put a stance on there. I just know it. Just, I just know. <laughs> Which I got hurt coming from a rock. <laughs> <I wake up. laughs> they, they ruined my senior night, but it's fine. I'm a ride with her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that is this week's episodes of the. Hey, Alex, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We got, I got a shout-out, too. Shout-out to Kenny for being on High School Sports Day with Channel 8, though, not representing Friday Night Glory, looking debonair and sharp all at the same time there. My man. My man. <laughs> Thank you. Gladly. I was I called Lauren when I was coming Friday. I said, I'm running late. I got a phone call. It was Channel 8. Well, so right. I was sitting there. I was like, run it out, going, hold on. I got to sit here and talk to these people first. <laughs> it was funny. I was not too late, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast, man. Thank you so much, man. So, so, so many of my, my colleagues, I mean, you guys, the Friday Night Glory, everybody, man, with the appreciation and the dabs, I appreciate it so much, man. I'm I'm not gonna lie. For the first about thirty seconds, I was nervous as a son of a gun. <laughs> I was sweating a little bit. <laughs> no question. Look, you supposed to be like, my boy. <laughs> but Michael Leslie was such a pro, man. It was so fun just to kind of talk and shoot the breeze with him, and it felt like we were just kind of talking on the sidelines a little bit as we got. Just didn't have enough time. I had I had too many cards left. We need an hour and a half, but it's all good. <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out to our intern of the year last year, Parker Turley. He may be able to suit up for the first time this week. He's been off for the last few weeks because of the asthma issue. He texted me this morning. He says, man, it looks like I'm going to be able to suit up this week, man. So we wish him well, especially after last week losing his mentor. If he can get back on the football field this week, man, I think the healing would start immediately for Parker. So shoot Huge pop. Shout out to him. Definitely. I just want to send a condolences there. I know he was a Raider, Kenny, Andre Emmett passing earlier today. Yeah. Uh, the Texas Tech, this is for all you guns up fans that listen to Friday Night Glory. We'll send prayers to his family. That was a senseless act that happened to him on, on, on last night. Too much depth this last three, this week. 
too much depth I, here in a Metroplex with players and Louisville and you know, you know, Lake Ridge and Andre. This, you know, it's just too much. And it's, and, and like you said, I think you said the perfect word, Terrence: senseless. Yes, that's what senseless. most of them are. They're all about being senseless. So yep. we hope if you're listening, put the guns away. Yeah. Put the hands up. <laughs> and Lauren, great job hosting, like always. Thank you. Dr. Lauren, being the greatest host ever. Friday Night Glory family, we're strong here. You should have oh. started interviewing downwind last week. Our week four out of bounds podcast. We'll week see five. Yeah. Good night, y'all. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Now is the time. The market is hot. Call Paige White with Berkshire Hathaway for all of your real estate needs. You can also search for a home at www.dfwhomebuying.com. That's dfwhomebuying.com.